Welcome to your Rockstar Podcast show. A podcast to understand personal success stories from successful people. Each month we'll cover topics on achievements and technology. So, let's dive in. In today's podcast, we'll talk about Fazul Zakira, who is ICT director at Halesbury College. First of all, thanks to Fazul for taking his time to speak with us today. So, Fazul Please give us a brief outline of your careers so far. Well, um, Sam, I started my career in IT about 20 years ago. I began as an IT technician and rose through up the, the ranks, so to speak, to a systems engineer and then to a senior systems engineer in my first um, real IT job back in Singapore at the Singapore American School. I was then offered a role to be one of the pioneer team members to set up the first integrated resort uh, casino marina bay sands in singapore where i held a um, senior role in the systems team when i left marina bay sands casino i held the mm-hmm. position as a systems systems manager back then mm-hmm. i guess that's that's where i i officially started my managerial career path i then joined jardin one solution as an it um, service provider in in asia as a security consultant and then australia came a calling so I came to Australia about 8 years ago and I wanted to slow down so that's why I came to Australia. I joined mm-hmm. a small managed services provider called Trident Computer Services as a systems engineer, but one thing led to another and I was involved in the setup of a new managed services um, company called Neptune Managed Services. And so when I left Neptune, I was my role there was the I guess principal consultant and uh, general manager for technical services. back then. Mm-hmm. So a few jobs later, I I guess I I landed in Hellbury. Okay. Oh, cool. That's that's a very very prestigious job to have as an uh, ICT director. And if we uh, go back Fazil, what what made you to do you have this this role in your mind like one day you will be ICT director or you will be in a leadership role besides uh, doing the system admin and IT support role? You was having that goal in your mind or it just happened happened by chance? I I don't think I've dreamed to be an IT director or IT manager before in my life. I mean I I like IT I I love IT and I guess I'm a very I'm a, I'm a, te- a technical technically trained right so my my aspiration was only to be involved in this industry never to aim for a directorship role or a manager role ever so I was just happy working with the technology but like like one of my previous staff once said to me that a manager a manager role is more of a calling rather than somebody being being born into it so i guess to some extent i'm lucky enough to have been given that opportunity and find myself managing you know teams since i i reckon 15 15 10 years ago around there yeah mm. cool cool and i was reading this somewhere like if you are in a technical role mm. it is very easy to it is very easy to move into the management or leadership role because when you are in IT or doing any technical role you already have the logical mind but if you are in a management role or leadership role going back into technical role is very hard mm. and because you was already into technical role uh, as a system admin and you was or you already have the technical mind and logical mind and it is very easy to transition to management or leadership role given the fact that you have good communication skills i don't think it's as easy as people think it is to be honest mm-hmm. with you 
because I've, I've seen some of my peers from a technical role transition into a managerial role. And some of them did very well, and some mm. of them did not do very well, and then decided to go back into a technical role. So I think the, the hardest roles that I have played in my career is managing people rather than managing systems, if you want to put it that way. It, it is challenging, and also it's, it's very rewarding. I don't think a manager should just be appointed. I think you have to find it. You have to look at the person uh, more holistically rather than just his technical skill sets, like what you said, mm -hmm. because a lot of factors, and this is, this is me looking at my, my role models, a lot of factors come into play when you start to manage people. So it's not just your, your technical skills, but your ability to empathize with your, with your staff. It's, it's your ability to lead your staff, ability to get your staff on board and trust you as a leader rather than just somebody that can uh, manage a team, so to speak. Yep, yep. And as, as you said, you, you have to be role model. You, you have to show them the steps, how to move ahead. That's right. Yeah. And Faisal, what are your role models? You spoke about you, you got the role models. What, what role models you have? I guess my, my role model is my, for the most part, is my father. And there, there's two actually. One's my father and my, one's my very first IT director. So my mm -hmm. father taught me a lot of things and trying to, yeah, I'm trying to emulate the good things that he taught me and obviously try to stay away from the mistakes that he, he made. My director taught me all about IT, all about structure, all about managing people, what's, how, how you should be approaching you know, certain issues this way and, and how to avoid certain you know, issues. So, and, and as a whole on, on how to be a leader, not so much the role, but to be that person that can lead. So I've learned a lot from these two role models of mine. Mm. Okay. And Faisal, do you read any, any good books, so to speak, like biographies or autobiographies of successful people? Can you recommend any of the book, good books uh, to our audience? Well, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a nonfiction. Yeah. Well, I'm a mix, right? So I love reading. And I, have, I think my dad taught me that books are, are one of your best sources of knowledge. And it is, mm. it's still with me. It still stays with me right now. Although I do find hard to find the time um, to actually go, you know, sit down and just read one one good book, mm. but I the the latest book that I've read, actually two books that I've read, is actually the uh, Fearless Organization by Amy C. Edmondson. That was a good book that that teaches you basically how to create a culture in in your company or in your department to to not be afraid to make mistakes, to not be afraid mm -hmm. to ask the difficult questions. You, you cultivate an environment where, you know, everybody's input is, is valued and it, it, doesn't, it doesn't clash with any egos, for, so to speak. And the next book uh, that I'm still reading is Start With Why, and that's by Simon Sinek. Yeah, that's a, that's a very, very good book. I, I think I like the Simon Sinek book rather than the, uh, the Fearless Organization because it's a, mm. a lot easier to read. But away from the management stuff, I do like to read like your Tom Clancy novels, your Clive Custler novels, uh, those kind of novels that, that keep me entertained, so to speak. So, yeah. So basically, we are very time poor these days. We have to juggle a lot of activities and a lot of tasks. What I have found from my experience is 
instead of reading the books i i go for audio books so even if you're driving the car or you are in a train you are transiting you can just put the headphones or headsets on and you can just start listening to it i found it very very efficient basically i do one book every fourth night mm. i finish one book so sometimes i listen to books like two or three times that kind of ingest into your into your mind yeah so sitting and reading is a kind of a sort of not not very creative for me so <laughs> i i love uh, <laughs> i i love listening to books uh, i guess i guess so. i'm a bit old fashioned that way i have to feel i like to feel the books the pages yeah. in my hands and and it, it tends to it tends to gravitate towards me more uh, when and as i flip the pages rather than just trying to listen so I mean I I I've sat through webinars I've sat through ebooks but it's just it it brings me back to my my comfort zone so to speak when I'm, I'm when I'm reading a book and holding it and I tend to zone out the other stuff I tend to if if I if I do an ebook my mind still goes to different areas and I'm just really not focusing on what I'm actually listening about so or listening to so that's 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 my preference anyways Yes, different people have different, different preferences. The, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, as long as you're doing doing the right thing, yeah. doesn't matter which way you're doing. Yeah, uh, yeah. That that's the good. And 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 Faisal, what one thing you wish you had known when you started your career? So, like, you have any secret formula to success, or you find a good mentor, which uh, by help of which uh, you are here. or it was just a sheer hard work and pig-headed persistence that's a that's a good question actually i guess if you the the only there's no trick <laughs> and yeah. i have to say this with hand on heart there is no trick like how i got to my my position where i am now is is literally through very very long hours very very hard work and it, it wasn't easy it wasn't easy so like i said i started off as a technician and i made an agreement with my wife basically i told my wife that within 7 years of starting this role i will get i will get to somewhere right so we our lives will be a lot better so for 7 years that was basically me going on night classes studying till very very late at night getting my diploma in it getting so many certifications from you know microsoft from other vendors um, as well and and by the end of the 7th year I, i kept my promise so thank god for that that's why my wife is still here with me um, <laughs> so she's happy we got we got our first credit card after 7 years because i got a promotion so i was very very uh, proud of myself at that time but i guess what i i didn't realize was that with during that 7 years i i've actually trained myself with the discipline that was needed to carry on further so yeah. i haven't stopped since then and to the detriment of my wife who keeps telling me that you're you're 45 this year you have to slow down a bit i have it and my my staff know me very well they know that i'll still be awake at midnight at past midnight sometimes doing work reading e- reading doing emails i'll be doing something so i i think that is the secret if you want to put it that way of my success mm-hmm. is that you don't for me i don't slow down it's one thing after another i just keep learning i just keep improving i find ways to better manage my time for example for the last two weeks i've been trying to find tools that are out there i've been jumping from one tool to another just to manage my time a lot better so that i can give my staff my my undivided attention for example when we do meetings and and stuff like that so mm. yeah there's no secret it's just plain hard work 
And and as the saying goes, uh, it says success is ninety nine percent perspiration and one percent inspiration. Exactly. So that is that formula is so very much resonating to you. Exactly. It seems like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Cool. And Faisal, what turns you on? So basically, it is not sunshine and roses every day. Sometimes we feel down. Sometimes we feel pretty good. What keeps you? You listen to any motivational music, or you read any books, or you try something else, which get back you to that that stage, that initial stage. I guess what keeps me going are the challenges that are presented to me. So I'm, I'm a Gemini <laughs> by stars, and based mm-hmm. on my star sign, I get bored very very easily. So I need to be constantly challenged. So I guess I I am in the right line in the right industry because IT is always always uh, posing challenges to you every day. There will be days that it'll be very hard. There will be always days that will be a lot harder than the day before. You always need I guess a, a support network, and mine I guess is my family and my close close friends. They help me through the hard times and keep me grounded. As well as my my the engineers that I have I have um, worked with before they 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 tend to become my friends after I leave the company or during my tenure in the company, so I guess what 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 keeps me going are those kind of challenges and and the people that I work with. Anything you are not good at and how do you overcome that? The thing that the thing that I'm not good at is like what you said earlier is time management. I, I struggle, um, especially right now during COVID nineteen. I struggle to find the time to to kind of divide my time with all my staff so that they have equal share of my time. I know that's not realistic, and that some you know directors and some managers don't do that. But I feel that it is more important now since we're not close together. We we're actually all in isolation. That it is more imperative for us to to reach out and. And spend at least five to ten minutes every day speaking to at least one staff member, just to see mm-hmm. how they're going mentally. Are they all set up properly at home? Are they all safe? If there's anything that we could do to help them, those kind of things. So I, I'm yeah. very time poor in that sense, and it's it's mm-hmm. my myself to blame because I put this on myself, my expectation of myself. Um, so I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to see if I can improve it with. Like I said before, the the tools that I found um, online, trying to manage and juggle my time throughout the day. And and basically, what I think is, we should always uh, strive for better version of ourselves. So instead of competing with someone else, like see how that guy has reached the, those heights, we should always focus on ourselves and try to get best version of ourselves. And that's that's what I'm understanding from this conversation that you are doing. That's right. That's right. Because you can only do so much as as what you can do, right? You, yeah, there's only so many hours in a day, for example. So mm-hmm. as long as you you feel that you're you're trying your best, you're trying to help people around you, and that you're you're trying your best to do your job right, then mm-hmm. I think that's all that you can do. And Faisal, how how do you define success? As as it is said, success is not uh, is it's a journey, not a destination. So, is there any process you follow, or you have any specifics about your success? How how you follow success? I, I love that question because not long ago, <laughs> my daughter who is studying psychology had had interviewed me and asked me the same question. Uh-huh. So I, I I will give you the answer the the same answer that I gave her right success to me is defined by how I can help the people surrounding me to succeed so that's mm-hmm. that's the way I define success so the more people I can help to succeed the more I feel as as if I've have succeeded so mm-hmm. that's how I define success and that that kind of changed throughout my career 
obviously early on in my career i i thought of success as being able to you know get this much money or be able to get this much materials and those kind of material kind of uh, success how you measure success when you were younger but as i get older and i'm not ashamed to say that i'm older uh, <laughs> it's it's more along the lines of how how you you see yourself around the people that surround you so mm-hmm. that's that's how i i define success is to see how many people i can help and how how i can help them to succeed and it is rightly said that you are average of closest four people to you so if it's in, in your company you have closest four friend or relatives you are average of those four people yeah that's right yeah and fazil what was your biggest failure and what what did you learn from it wow biggest failure i've got a lot of big failures i can <laughs> tell you that i can't remember uh, there's there's so many i i see my failures as things that i need to learn from right so and there's so many things that i failed in so many and i mean if you look at the technical aspects of my roles previously the 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 biggest embarrassing moment of my technical career when uh, i failed on something was to shut down an entire school during lunch time because i mixed up what the hours were for my, for my shutdown script to run So that was not pleasant getting a call from your director during lunchtime saying that you just shut down the entire school for that. That was my biggest embarrassment ever and the the failures that I had faced during holding a managerial role would be not being able to reach out to certain staff and mm-hmm. and feeling very very useless at times trying to help them and you can't help them it's now on them to do something. no matter how you try to motivate them and no matter how you try to to get them on board and work with you you just can't mm-hmm. and and you take i i i kind of take that personally as well mm-hmm. so you learn from that so you you learn that sometimes you're not you're not the right you know it's not on you anymore it's on them to drive themselves so yeah those those are some of the failures i guess that 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 i can remember that has um, helped me grow further and i think the failure is uh, the stepping stone is stepping up the ladder i was reading that uh, a story the other day about albert einstein mm. he failed i think 1000 times before inventing the bulb mm. and he was saying every time he was failing he was getting a step closer mm. so when he was failing for the first time he was 999 times steps closer to inventing a bulb so that is a way how successful people people think about uh, about their about their professional life they, they don't take it personally mm. failure is uh, all, almost eminent uh, when you're trying to achieve something big you're never going to get in in first hit yeah, isn't it that's right that's right and it's it's trying to cultivate the the sense that it's okay to fail and i'm i'm born in singapore and the 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 sense that you you can't fail is very high there so i've been brought up to to think that failure is very very bad so it, it's not until i've joined it i've worked in a lot of big companies that i i learn that failure is not necessarily bad but you just have to learn from your mistakes and without failure you won't know where you are in 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 your yeah. life you know or in your project or in your day to day task so failure is necessary to define success in a sense you can only taste success if you have tasted the failure so if you never fail you can't taste the success exactly. success is like normal to you exactly exactly i totally agree and faisal uh, what is one thing you are proudest of what is the one thing that i'm proudest of i guess it's my 
I would say it's my family, to be honest with you. Picking up where eight years ago when we moved to Australia, it, w- it was very, very difficult for us because we were, we were very tight-knit family. I, I had to leave my family in Singapore. My wife had to leave her family in Singapore. My kids had to leave all their friends back in Singapore. But over the course of eight years, we've, we've, we've built our own family here. With, mm-hmm. We've built our own friendship networks and, and so on and so forth. So it's not easy, not like a lot of people think that it's just easy to pick up and move. But if you're starting to pick up and move with your teenagers and with your wife, mm-hmm. it's, it's very, very difficult. And I have to say that I'm very proud of them for what they have achieved so far and mm-hmm. for, for being able to settle in in a new country with no friends at a time, no people that mm-hmm. we know, but still remain strong and, and stick through it. So I have to say that I'm very proud of them. It's good. So you're backed up with your family, which is which is pretty good. And that's very much in, ingrained in, in Asian families. They, they support their family pretty well. Yes. And, and Fez, I think we have discussed this question before. Who has been biggest influence in your life? Who is the biggest influence in my life? I, yeah. I, again, I, would, I have to say that the biggest influence in my life would be my father. He taught me to lead by example. He also taught me life in his own way, the good and the bad. He taught me that you're not, you're not, you're never too old to learn, um, and you're never too old to to reach for your dreams. He was 50 years old before he said to himself that I made it. Yeah, about 50 years old. So he's he's my role model. And the last one, how would you describe your perfect day? <laughs> perfect day. <laughs> That's a good one. My perfect day. My perfect day would be me being able to spend the morning with my son riding our motorbikes and mm-hmm. then spend the afternoon going to lunch with my daughter and my wife and then wrapping up the day with friends just chilling up and just chilling and catching up towards mm-hmm. the towards the night. That's my perfect day. Thanks a lot again, Fazil, for taking your time to speak with us today. No worries. Have a nice day and we'll catch up later. No worries. Happy to. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Thank Sam. you. Bye.